0: Hi, I'm Dan. And I'm James. We're the Sega Guys. And this is the Sega Lounge.
1: Welcome to the SEGA Lounge, a podcast dedicated to our love for all things SEGA, be it the games, the music or the community. I'm KC, in each episode I'll be talking to different guests and sharing their projects and their passion for SEGA. Hello all you beautiful people! I hope you're all doing well and ready for a brand new episode of the SEGA Lounge. It's a very special one, I can assure you, because I had a blast recording this interview, and I'm sure you love my guests and their podcast. Yes, we're talking about a podcast, in a podcast. Podcastception. Why? Well, September 30th is International Podcast Day, and I thought it would be a nice thing to take this opportunity to celebrate other SEGA, or SEGA-adjacent podcasts, The original plan was to have a month-long celebration, but adjustments had to be made due to scheduling conflicts. Nevertheless, it's a pleasure to talk about this week's guests, a pair of amazing Sega fans who host a fantastic podcast you should definitely listen to. This week's guests are James and Dan, aka the SEGA Guys, a couple of veteran SEGA fans who host the SEGA Guys retro pod. I had a great time recording this interview and learning about the guys' love for SEGA and how they got together to start the podcast. I also learned a lot about how playing SEGA Rally can be a meditative experience of sorts. Yes. Want to know more about this awesome SEGA podcast? Stick around until the end. Oh, and Andrew Dickinson of Dreamcast years. Stop complaining about my challenge to other potential guests. Thank you. Hello, James and Dan. Welcome to the Sega Lounge.
0: Hello, it's lovely to be here. Hello, thanks for having us.
1: Lovely to have you on. Uh, it's it's great to have you because we are kind of celebrating International Podcast Day, but we're doing it uh, in a Sega way. So I'm really happy to have you here to talk about the Sega guys RetroPod. Ooh, but but before that, before we get into that, let's talk about yourselves as as Sega fans. So let's talk about your your history with with Sega, with video games in general. So who wants to go first? How did you start playing video games, and when? And what's the deal with that?
0: Oh, I don't mind going first. I mean. When did I start playing video games? I'll tell you what—I can't remember. <laughs> um, I've been playing them as long as I can remember. The first, one of my earliest memories is just wanting—I just—I'd uh, call it a computer. Well, you know, in Britain, it wasn't video games; and it was computer games um, mm-hmm. because obviously the Commodore sixty-four and a Spectrum, and you know, uh, they were they were in vogue at the time. Um, and I finally got one for my sixth birthday, which was a Commodore sixty-four uh and it was my favorite thing in the world ever uh until one day in 1991 uh my my younger brother he wanted his own computer game quotes uh and uh <laughs> i'd seen i'd seen altered beast at a friend's house on the on the on the mega drive then his brother had an import mega drive and uh uh I was, my mum was going through one of the catalogs and saying oh, which one should i get him so i was like oh, the sega the sega Um, She actually ended up getting him a Master System too, Uh, but funny enough, his birthday was um, August 1991, Uh, so with this pile of games that he got, a lot of the Master System games at that time were cheap, Um, was a game called Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, and that began my love affair with with all things Sega at that point, Uh, I was absolutely obsessed with it. I, hmm. It was the very first game that I would played from start to finish. I mean, I had my Commodore sixty four, but uh, I couldn't get into it at the end of the end of so games. Sonic Hedgehog was the first game I I was dedicated enough to sit for it until the very end, um, and from there on, it was just it was just Sega. Um, we got Sonic two on the Master System the next year, um, and then I had to uh, beg and plead my uh, my mum and dad to get my brother and sister and I a Mega Drive for Christmas nineteen ninety two. Obviously, that came with Sonic two which to this day, it's uh, it's my favorite game of all time. Um, and that kept us going for four years. As much as I wanted a Mega CD and a 32X, uh, could never afford them, um, but it wasn't. Ah,
1: familiar story. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I started saving up for uh, a Sega Saturn uh, after at the end of 1995. Uh, I had a paper round at the time. Uh, and for a few weeks of paper, around, a few months of paper around money, uh, and then I had my birthday towards the end of the year, in November uh, nineteen ninety six. I I finally got the console, Sega Saturn. That was my the first console that I could call my own. I didn't have to share it with anyone, and I bought it with my own money. So I mean, that's that's early gaming for me. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I was absolutely in, in love with Sega. Um, I was gutted when uh, the state Sega discontinued the Saturn. of course i jumped straight onto the dreamcast i had to import it because i couldn't wait um and then they closed <laughs> my heart again where when that, yes. when that was discontinued um so that in a nutshell is is a brief history uh of how i got into games and and why i love sega
1: excellent uh so your favorite game sonic 2
0: sonic 2 uh it's okay. it's not even close <laughs> i think it's okay. I think it's nigh on perfect it does everything it sets it sets out to do uh, no one can tell me if
1: <laughs> yes yes I agree I agree okay great <laughs> thank you Dan what about you James would you like to share your tale of joy in horror <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, well I'm
1: sure my
2: my video game or as Dan says computer game history um, started when I was about 10 years old um, I was given a ZX Spectrum 128K plus 2 and um, The first game I ever played was the home conversion with a light gun of the game Bullseye, which was based on the dodgy Sunday afternoon British television game show about darts. Um, you basically <laughs> played darts with a light gun. Um, it was such a such a bad game, honestly. But um, you know, as the kind of weeks and months went on, spectrum games were, were quite cheap at that time. I used to get two pounds a week pocket money, um and I would go down to the, the local local um independence. It's called the Micro Shop. and uh, we'd pick up kind of just basic kind of spectrum games, your Dizzy games, um, bargain basement games. But I got nineteen forty two for two quid, I was buzzing when I got that. Um and from there, um, obviously that would have been the eighty nine, so the Mega Drive kinda came to, to prominence in the early nineties in the UK. Um, and it was very much everywhere in the UK. You know, you had Games Master started, you had your challenges on there with Sonic and you know, collect as many rings as you can in X amount of time and get through the zones and as quick as you can and um, you know, the adverts were all over the T V and, and Sonic seemed to be absolutely everywhere. Um and my mum in the classifieds had sold my Spectrum and I must have had about 200 plus games um, that I must have amassed easily. used to have big leather. Do you remember, I don't know if you remember these, you're old enough. Dan, you might remember these. It's the, the big, they were like briefcases, but they had inserts in them to hold tapes.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, I remember those. Yeah, oh, I used
2: no. to have an umpteen of them full of tapes um, and my mum sold them in the classifieds and got enough money um, to buy the Mega Drive, and I wanted a Mega Drive so bad. And at the, the, the 11th hour, as they say, um, basically, uh, another relative intervened, persuaded said mother to buy me an educational computer with the means to play games as a sides kind of aspect. Um, and, oh my. And I ended up with an Atari ST. <laughs> um, Fast forward twelve months it was changed to an Amiga. Uh, my uncle he downgraded or he upgraded, sorry, his A five hundred to a five hundred plus and I got the five hundred. Um and I had that for, you know, for the best part of what four years. Um, and I didn't play my my first Sega console, which was the Saturn. Um and if people listen to our pod will have heard this, they must be sick of hearing this story, man, honestly. But um my uncle used to take me to the city centre um, every Saturday and there was an arcade called Booth Centre Prizes in the city centre and it's still there now, but it's all slot machines and, you know, kind of fruit machines and things like mm-hmm. that, so there's no arcade games anymore, but back then in the mid-90s, um, they had a basement level, which was just full of games, it was all Sega games um, and that's when I first played Virtua Fighter and that's where they kind of bug bit um, and I remember the weekend of July eighth, nineteen ninety five. I used to go up to my uncles every weekend. Um and I went up one one, you know, Saturday. Um and he blocked me off at the top of the stairs before his his home cinema room. And he's just standing there smirking. So bear in mind that for weeks before <laughs> this, months before this, I've been playing Virtua Fighter with his money, may I add, <laughs> spending his, <laughs> spending his money playing <laughs> Virtua Fighter in the arcade. Struggling to get past Jackie and barely making it past Jeffrey twice. Right, because I was so bad at it in the arcade. Um, and as I say, it, it blocks me off and I could hear this crescendo of noise and it was, you know, the the start button jingle, the, the character select music, which never resonated because I think in the arcade you couldn't really make it out as clearly because of the, yeah. you know, the kind of atmosphere and whatnot and the, the kind of ambient noise. Um, and all I heard was basically the fight one, ready... Go and I just lost my marbles, man. I was going to say shit there, but lost, lost <laughs> absolutely lost my, lost it, man. Because basically, I was like, he's giving virtue fighter in there. Now, Monkly as I did at the time. I expected to open the door and see an arcade machine because the guy just bought everything tech wise back in the nineties. His, his, his room was like Aladdin's cave for tech. Um, but it, <laughs> it was it was a Sega Saturn, and I'd never heard of one. I never because I was still playing, you know, the the Amiga. I was very much in that that kind of world, I, and you know, Saturn was totally new to me. I never knew it existed until that day when he opened that door. Um, And from then on, it was like, oh my God, the arcade has come home. I could not believe what I was seeing compared to the kind of games that I was playing on the Amiga. You know, games like Body Blows, uh, a really bad uh, port of Street Fighter 2. It was on four floppy disks. You know, it was just so bad and so slow. Um, And then obviously the kind of, that, that would grow, and I would, I would get my own Saturn in Christmas of '96, um, and then I would go on to import the Dreamcast as well early in '99, um, and then the import bug that bit with the Dreamcast caused me to go back and add to my pal Saturn collection, and I would get you know Japanese Saturn stuff as well. Um, mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the the collection that I amassed was sold in 2008 when I I got a home with my then girlfriend now wife. So. Funny story being that that very Sega Saturn that my uncle opened the door and let me see that day, I got it back because it was in his loft, and I've got it back this year. It was dirty and needed restored, but um, it's back under my television, um, fully modded um, and and future proof. So um, it's quite a kind of a heartwarming story that that machine has somehow managed to find its way back to me. So my own Saturn, yeah, my own Saturn that I got in Christmas '96. That's long gone. Um, but for me, my first Saturn was that one because it was—I only ever played it, you know, every weekend for a year. Whenever I was going up to visit, um, he didn't play games, so basically, you know, it was—it was sitting there, you know, redundant um, during the week. So, um, yes, it found its way back to me, and then of course I've picked up a Dreamcast, and I'm, I'm kind of back on that as well. So the brothers are reunited, um, <laughs> and, and back with a vengeance. So in a nutshell that's that's my kind of sega and gaming history
1: see there was horror there was joy there was hope (laughs) that's a great tale (laughs) Uh, thank you for sharing (laughs) so favorite game james
2: oh dan knows where i'm going with a straight away sega rally championship okay um
1: I knew that as well but I wanted to ask anyway. Yeah, if
2: you've listened to the if you've listened to AirPods, <laughs> which obviously you have done um you'll know that I just think it's there's never been I don't think before or since there's for me there's never been a driving game where the connection between the track the car and the controller feels so complete. Um, whether it's the PAL or the NTSC version the PAL optimization on the, the Saturn version for is is sensational great job by Sega on that one um, but if you make a mistake if you don't get that corner cut in time or if, if you know whatever reason you make a mistake you don't take that hairpin properly it's on you there's no or that was a controller's fault or that's a bug in the game it is the quintessential home arcade racing game um, and yeah if you kind of look at it today it looks kind of blocky and pixely but my god the the handling and the music and the score on the Saturn is 10 times better than the arcade one so yep Sega Rally for me is, is the perfect home racer that has yet to be beaten in terms of sheer feel and control and connection with the car
1: Enough said. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know what to add after that. <laughs> That's high praise. That's high praise. Please say guys. Please.
2: <laughs>
1: yes. Yes. I'm sold. <laughs> yeah. Awesome! Great! 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 So let's talk about how you guys uh, got together to to create this podcast. Um, did you know each other before the podcast? Nope. No, we
0: <laughs> followed, nope. Followed okay. each other on Twitter. Uh, yep. A few exchanges. Um, you know, because obviously we both had shared a common interest, which you know, obviously games, but predominantly Sega games. So I'd see some. Of, I remember some of James's posts. I'm sure he remembers some of So you know, we we had. You know positive things to say to one another but it was it was kind of uh on a it was on a question as wh- what's your favorite sega console obviously um that we i i, I said that mine was the sega Saturn. and I'd, I'd seen i'd seen james before saying that he had a his favorite was sega rally and that's when uh that's, J- that's when james uh said hmm so yours is a, you, you i my, my words were that the saturn was where sega were the most inventive um where they just kind of threw portion to the wind, um, and was just, I mean, that, to me, it's just where they were just so Sega, you know, with all the yeah. benefits and the negatives that that <laughs> that, that entails. Uh, and uh, and James disagreed, didn't you, mate? Yeah, well, I remember that post very clearly
2: because I don't know if it was a piece you'd written for, was it? Was it Game Trapper you'd written it for? I think it was, or one of your your kind of your sites that you write for, and you had said you know, that the Saturn was, was Sega at their most inventive. And I just remember kind of cheekily replying, well, that would make a great comparison piece because I knew yeah. you wrote. Um, uh, and I'd be kind of toying with the idea of starting a blog up as well um, about kind of Sega games and kind of a DMG and just kind of reiterated that point. And the initial idea wasn't so much as a podcast. It was a website. It was meant to just be like a blog site. Um and we just agreed. We just said, you know what, I think this would make a far better podcast format. Um and, and to be fair, I mean, the the kind of the camaraderie and the, the kind of relationship that, that we've got, you would think that we've been listen, we've been kinda talking to each other for years. Um I mean I've recorded a fair amount of podcasts in the past and I've never never had a kinda a rapport with a co host as quickly as, mm-hmm. as I have with Ann and, and um it is it's really good. I mean, the listeners have bought into it. Um, You know, we were kind of out there trying to find our our audience and I think a key part of what, I think anyway, what brings people back is that kind of banter and that kind of the way that we we kinda bounce off each other. Um it's a it's a total fluke that it, that it's worked the way it has. You know, there's there's no guarantee you can throw two people together and, and they can talk about it. Even if you've got a shared interest, sometimes you can have a lot of maybe clashes of opinion and things. But I mean, maybe some folk might think that's a bit boring listening. <laughs> They've agreed with each other again. You know, it's like In the main, every time me and Dan talk, it's like I'll say something, he'll go, "I totally agree, mate," and then he'll say something. I'm like, "Oh, bang on, mate!" You know, it's like um, (laughs) we we just have a very similar outlook. Um, Despite the fact that Dan came to Sega as a a gamer far earlier than me, um, we have very similar kind of outlooks um, on the company and the same kind of appreciations. Um, We've shed the same tears, Dan. I think is
0: we have indeed. We have, mate.
1: But but you, you, this whole thing started because you disagreed on something.
2: It, it, it did, yes. yeah. That's <laughs> the isn't <iron> answer. <laughs> 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 i have just plaid with one about how much we agreed, and the, the, the iron answer was actually a disagreement. <laughs> uh, I think,
0: yeah. So there, there was. I think there's only two disagreements. There was. There's that one, and. Uh, and uh, there was the the recent Mega Drive episodes where I said I was talking about Sonic Two, obviously, and I said people say perfect, oh yeah the perfect mm-hmm. game doesn't exist, and James chimed in, went yes. yes it does, it's Sega Rally, <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, yeah 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 okay good cool. good good good, um and so you guys got together to to record this why, why a podcast why why did you think this would be a good concept for a podcast. Uh, were you guys podcast listeners before or just uh, thought that this would be a good format for what you had to say?
0: So, I've, I mean, James had done podcasts before. I, it was the first time I'd ever done anything like it. Um, I do listen to a lot of podcasts because um, mm-hmm. uh, I listen to a sort of Arcade Attack and the uh, Retro Gaming Discussion Group and, and countless others. I listen to quite a few. And I, in the back of my mind, I thought, you know, I... I wouldn't mind doing something like this one day, but uh, when we were having the initial conversations, as James was saying, it was it was a blog post. It was you know we were going to present our arguments uh, in written form, and uh, we was exchanging a ton of DMs at the time, um, and. It, yeah, the DMs didn't stop, and do you know what? James said, do "You know what? This would actually probably work better as a, as a podcast." You know, I've done podcasts, and I think it'll work a lot better. We could do the written piece to accompany it, um, but we'll give it a go. And I was like, "Oh yeah, it sounds like a great idea," but I'm I'm nervous because I've never done one before. And he's like, "Ah, it's easy. It's just like it's just like it's just like." <laughs> it's just like, it's just like picking up the phone and go it's like talking as if you were down the pub and <laughs> with, with with him and i with him, it's it, it pretty much is it, it's that's how it feels sometimes yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean that you get all sorts of podcasts um i think a lot of the ones that i listen to are quite similar to us um in that they're just uh a, a few guys that just um connect really well and uh, and just play off each other and have a good bit of banter going uh, so yeah it was it was it was james who uh suggested the podcast out of the back of the initial exchanges that we had um we mm-hmm. decided to do it as a two-part one so with the first part we showcased i presented my argument for the sega saturn and then james did his for the for the dreamcast
1: mm-hmm. yeah I have to say I agree with James. Sorry, Dan. I'm not sure James agrees with you now, though. Um,
2: I've, I've, <laughs> no. I've actually, oh. Oh. no. Because <laughs> right, I, I adore the Dreamcast, right? But I think because it was the last Sega System that I played and the last one that I bought, and the one that I kind of played the most towards the end. Um and even whenever eventually did get a PS2, I'm so sorry. Um <laughs> that I still I still had that Japanese Dreamcast there, but um when I got, you know, that that Saturn back um, you know from from Uncle and, and obviously restored it um and I've put a an ODE in there, um, a Fenrir ODE in there and just loaded up a sixty four gig SD card full of just every game that I had every game that I wanted but couldn't get because I was also too young at the time and you know parents couldn't obviously buy me all the games um and I think yeah the for two machines from the one company they have two distinct feels that are very similar but yet totally different and it sounds like a total oxymoron to say something like that but they're both perfectly Sega systems they feel like Sega systems but the Saturn feels like Sega at its mad mental, wacky, we'll do what the hell we want best, and the Dreamcast very much feels like we've learned from that, that those mistakes, this is what we're giving you now, we're taking a new direction, we're trying to be more mainstream, we're trying to be more, god forbid, PlayStation about things. Um, (laughs) So it was their, they were trying to do their, their own take on being a more mainstream lifestyle console, so they were both very Sega, but one is a little kind of more traditional Sega and... the the magic that you, you get whenever you're playing the Sega Saturn I think it just eclipses the Dreamcast so um, yes it took me being reunited with mm-hmm. the Sega Saturn for me to see the error of my ways and I'm sure Dan was very very smug about that so we'll just move on I'm not I'm not one to say I told okay. you so but you know <laughs> disagreement number three <laughs>
1: by the end of this show uh, the podcast will. Be no the guys is canceled, <laughs> it. Canceled, canceled, canceled. Friendship over, podcast canceled. <laughs> <laughs> All recordings will be destroyed. Uh, <laughs> I have to say, you, you have a good point there. I have a problem with the Saturn, which is I never owned a Saturn. I actually skipped that generation of consoles, as I've told many times on the show. Um, And so I've played a few Saturn games, but not that many to to actually know that or say that I have a a, a well-formed opinion on the matter. I just look at the Dreamcast catalog and that one I played a lot of uh, and and feel like there were some crazy experimental ideas. But yeah, yeah, I I really need to focus on upping my Saturn game. (laughs) As well, in the future, (laughs) it's just
0: a shame that the thing's so so damn expensive to buy for now. Um, yes, as as, as James has done, there's solutions with ODEs and stuff. If you can get a a cheap, broken console with a dead disk drive and stick a Fenrir in there, then uh, then you're laughing, really. But yeah, it's just such a a special console, and there's so Mm. many bonkers titles on there, and stuff like um stuff like jet set radio and uh, and, and things like that on on and res on the dreamcast are, are fantastic um but i think for all those experiences you'll get do- dozens more on 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 the on the sam uh, and so many of them are just absolutely bonkers but i think it's also from a from a from a personal perspective it was my first console, so maybe I am a little bit biased. Um, and there, also, <laughs> there was also the fact that there was so few Saturn owners at the time, and everyone else had a PlayStation. So it felt like, yeah, uh, yep. <laughs> it felt like everyone was telling you to, to distance yourself from this machine. You felt like you were the last sort of vanguard, the last, <laughs> the last, the last, the last, the last clutching <laughs> clutching to this <laughs> to this machine. <laughs>
1: yeah, that, that's <laughs> a fair
2: point. though, no, that that is something as well. That again, whenever we got together and started talking, is that we couldn't believe the kind of the similarity in the experiences as well because like the retail bias was another thing you know you always felt whenever you went into a store whenever you were in your teens and you seen anyone talking about a saturn or a playstation at the store seemed to be persuading the the customer to to go for the the playstation we, we were convinced there's a conspiracy where sony were paying retailers to tell people not to buy a saturn and everybody at <laughs> school seemed to have a playstation and they would rub it in that tekken was better than Virtua Fighter, and Ridge Racer was better than Sega and and of course that's a lot of rubbish.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Actually in Portugal the Saturn was very very popular. Uh even even uh, in TV shows and stuff. Sega with uh sponsored shows, giveaway consoles and games. There was a you you had Games Master, we had something called uh Cybermaster I believe, which was a kind of a different take on that. Uh, much more like cyberpunk, if you will, and um, and th- that was all about Saturn games. So, so it was big here, bigger probably at least at, at to some extent bigger than PlayStation in the first few years. Wow. So, yeah, kind of different, but yeah, I I understand. I understand the appeal of the Saturn, and I really need to fix my the error of my ways soon, soon. Okay, so for people listening to us right now And wondering what the hell is your podcast about How would you describe it to a newcomer To someone who was What what, Sega guys retro pod What is that about? How would you sell it to to listeners of the Sega Lounge?
2: uh,
1: uh, uh, I'll start, it's much better than this one you can keep going now.
2: Um, well, will i take this one,
0: down or do you... Yeah, sure, go ahead. I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say. <laughs> uh, uh,
2: are you allowed to swear? <laughs> Feel free to. It's basically two grumpy old Sega bastards sitting down, reminiscing about the glory years whenever Sega innovated the hardware and software space. Um, just two pals sitting there talking about the games that they loved, about the, the systems that they loved from the the company that makes games that they loved. Um, you know, and it's just it's just great banter. It's just basically two pals down the pub talking about Sega. Um, we we have laughs, we go off on mad tangents. I mean, I, I kind of compared myself to Billy Conley in the last episode because literally that's what he does. He'll, t- he'll start a joke, he'll tell four stories, then come back to the point. By which point you forgot what the actual story was about in the first place, but that's that's <laughs> the, you know, but that's just part of it. We, we go off in these tangents, we bring our experiences in, um, and we just basically talk about Sega games that the, that we're loving, that we enjoyed, and we kind of bring that nostalgia back, and we hope that you know maybe by sharing those memories and by sharing that kind of passion that we have, that maybe you know because we're we're getting on. I'm I'm 41 now. You know what I mean? So. I was, I'm, I'm, I am a proper grumpy old bastard, right? So I, I basically, I'm getting on. So if we can somehow impart a bit of that passion and, and maybe fire a bit of intrigue and, and make someone go, you know what, well, these guys love that game so much. You know, what makes them come back to that and keep playing that even today? It must There must be something about it. And if we can get maybe some younger fans, younger games fans out there to maybe, you know, pick up a Dreamcast or pick up a Mega Drive or a Saturn, um, Whatever system that we're talking about, if if they can go out there and, and pick one up and play it and and enjoy it, um, even half as much as we did, then um, we're very happy to have. As soul calibur says, the soul still burns. So if we can keep
1: <laughs> if,
2: if we can keep the Sega soul burning for for a future generation, then we'll do it. But it's just about sharing that that passion and that love for for Sega games.
1: That's great. That's a good point, actually. Do you get feedback from younger listeners perhaps uh do you know if younger people are listening to the show or not
2: um i'm not not kind of sure i mean obviously we talk to our followers on twitter and you can have some people have got like kind of pictures of themselves in their bio so you can kind of gauge the age of people but other people have got like kind of like, avatars mm-hmm. and things like that so it is and you don't know, want to kind of go putting a poll out doing a survey you know are you 18 to 25 20 yeah. 60 40 <laughs> you know to tell us your age um but we, we do kind of get like DMs, especially because I've done a fair bit of mods to to both my my Saturn and my Dreamcast. Um, I know I've I've helped um Rich on um, Dreamcast years out um with his Dreamcast mods. He's put a GDMU in there after I kind of talked him through that and the process of setting that up um, as well. So he's now doing that for some of his friends. I like think he's done it for two people now as well, so he's passing that on. So um, you know, at the end of the day, as great as discs are and they're wonderful to have the original no packaging and there is no disc. But sadly optical drives are not reliable. It's a moving part. It's got a you know a finite lifespan. So um we need to find ways to keep these machines going and, and to you know make sure that they, they do last another twenty years. I mean I'll be drawing my pension I and mean, I'll probably still be play, playing Saturn games but <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know what the age demographic is that do listen to us, but we do get kind of approached for, you know, maybe follow-up advice and things like that. Where, where do you find this? How do you do that? So um, yeah, mm-hmm. we, we do find ourselves getting approached um, and kind of ask for hints and tips and things like that. So I say, if, if if it prompts a younger person, a younger gamer to maybe take their eyes off their Xbox or their, you know, their PlayStation, because they've probably been doing that since God knows how long, but yeah, um, if they can take their eyes off the modern scene for a wee a wee while and, and kinda of give a, a Sega game a try and they love it, then brilliant.
0: Yeah, I think we've had a few yeah. um I we had some comments on the on the Mega Drive pod recently because we recently did the our latest episode was the Mega the Power Mega Drive's thirtieth birthday. Uh and there mm-hmm. was at least one Or two that said, "Oh, I I never, I never played a Mega Drive before, but now you've got, you've convinced me to pick up the Sega Mega Drive Mini." Or you've convinced uh, another one was you convinced me to uh, to get the Sega Mega Drive Collection. Um, So um, these were people that seemingly didn't play that much Mega Drive or hadn't had a chance to play the Mega Drive before that had been swayed into doing it. Um, And there seems to be a a, a little bit of a renaissance around around the Sega Saturn as well. uh, and I'd hope that we've uh, helped to uh, expand that a little bit with, our, with with people that do listen to the show and and uh, galvanise them into looking into that system uh, a little bit more. So, yeah, I think that we we do get some feedback, and that, as James says, we do get some 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 questions around around other topics that we cover. So it's it's always good to good to see that and have that sort of impact, however however small, big or small it may be.
1: Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. I think uh, retro games. Uh, there has been a, a resurgence of love for retro games as well and even younger gamers maybe because it's cool, I don't know hip, I don't know but I think there's an interest from younger gamers in finding out the, the legacy of these older systems and why we old bastards like
2: <laughs> so, them
1: and that's good I
2: think that's what it is it's basically at the time we were buying these we we could never have foreseen you know, back whenever we were playing Sega Rally and Sonic Two, we could never have foreseen that gaming would go the way that it has. You know, that it's become a, a multi 1000000000 yeah. dollar industry, you know, with oh, with, you know, budgets for games that are larger than some movies, and with plots that are more complex and more emotionally, you know, attached in some movies, uh, you know, and featuring actors that are normally seen in T V and movies. So we could never have foreseen mm-hmm. that. So I think we didn't realise at the time, but we were playing history. You know, oh, definitely, you know, and I think, yeah. I think maybe that's that's part of the appeal that maybe why retro's kind of taken off as well because, you know, the way gaming has gone, it has gone very, you know, very Hollywood and style. Um, it's about story-driven, open world. You know, do quests, level up. You know, you know, get this these items to craft this weapon. You know, etc. And I think maybe people like to go back to a simpler time and see what gaming was like whenever. It was basically the home equivalent of sticking a one one pound coin into a machine. Um if you don't make the next checkpoint, it's game over. You know, I think yeah. simpler times. Um but we were definitely playing history, we just didn't know it. Uh, and I think that's part of the mm-hmm. the kind of the thought process is that people want to go back and see, you know, where, where did this all start? What was this like before the multi billion dollar aspect of it? Um that's just my take on it anyway.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I think there's something to be said about the YouTubers and Twitch streamers of of today as well that are popular amongst younger younger people and they also play some of the retro stuff, retro games, older systems as well. And maybe that also sparks a little curiosity uh, for for younger people to check that out as well.
0: Yeah, it's crazy because you see all these speed running videos and it's like, oh yeah it's like there's a whole new everything seems to have its whole new scene so you've got these speed running videos and you've got uh tournaments for fighting games now and then you've got series that have been going on for you know street Fighter has been around for what, 30 years over 30 years now um mm-hmm. people want to see where that where, where that street calls back to um and it's it's interesting because there's such a an immediacy to to retro games you've got you know uh, you got Ten minutes, you can just throw on do a playthrough of Soul Calibur or, or Virtual Fighter or something, or, or see how how fast you can get in Sega Rally, which uh, James does pretty much on a daily basis. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's... as he wakes up, <laughs>
1: it's his morning morning ritual: I'm pretty
0: sure cup cup of coffee in Sega Rally.
1: <laughs> Some people meditate. He plays Sega Rally.
2: I, I take he I has hairpins for breakfast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> But it, it, is, it, it was a simpler time. Um It, it was. It, sometimes it's just nice to, to be able to to stick a cart or a CD in, and you don't have to download a, a fifty gigabyte patch, and you don't have to connect to an online service, and you don't have to sit through like two hours of tutorials saying if you hold the left bumper and press the X button rotate rotating the right stick, then you can do this. I mean, all, all, all that nonsense. I mean, all you look at FIFA and how convoluted that is. I mean, the best the best football game oh, yeah. still still sensible soccer. So it's. It, i think it's it's retro gaming sticks around because it's because it's simple and because it's so different to to what they what's uh popular today and there's always going to be a, a market for stuff like the last of us and and grand theft auto 5 but it's nice to see that there's more more and more appreciation for the older stuff and the simpler stuff um and <laughs> the thing is i i've i love discovering new games all the time um one of the things that I found is, I mean, I picked up a PC engine a couple of years ago, and it's just it's just getting into stuff that's that's like what you grew up with, that's that's similar, but again, it's 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 similar but different. So what's what's old is new again. So that's why I've continued to add to my my retro collection and and, and expand it, primarily focusing on the Saturn, of course. <laughs> no, of course, of
1: course, yeah. <laughs> great, great, great stuff. So let's take a quick break, okay. And when we come back, you know what it is. You already know. You're you're psychologically prepared for this, for this moment. <laughs> so I won't say it's a surprise anymore because you are familiar with what's coming up.
2: Dan, if you get Googled, so... Eddie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think Google will no, help you. I don't
0: you. think Google will save it.
2: No one
1: can help you now. <laughs> So take, take take this quick break to breathe in, breathe out, take a sip of water or some kind of Sega juice and I, we'll be right can back. Can I go and
2: play Sega Rally in the break? <laughs>
1: yeah, of course. Of course. Yes. We'll wait for you. Go play Sega Rally and come back. Yes. <laughs> Tired of listening to the same music on the radio over and over again? Wouldn't it be great if you could have a station that played your favorite Sega music and remixes 24 hours a day, 7 days a week? Luckily, there's Radio Sega, an online radio station dedicated to the best in Sega and Atlas music. And you can request your favorites at any time. Plus, Radio Sega has live shows including a first-hand preview of the Sega Lounge. You can find the full schedule of shows and listen to the station by going to radiosega.net. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7. Welcome back! We're here with James and Dan, who are just preparing themselves for our epic Sega Lounge Challenge. Now that you know our guests, it's time to put them to the test. It's the moment we've waited for and the moment they dread. Welcome to your doom! I mean, welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge. <laughs> What is the Sega Launch Challenge, James and Dan? It can be anything I want. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not only that, I'm here as well. So I'm 50% of the challenge. Cause I'm here to make you doubt yourselves and your, your answers. Oh, I've seen it. So yeah, that, Andrew. fun times,
2: fun times. You had him, him down the, the TB not to fight a three-men team battle. I was going to say,
0: that was just cruel. How did you manage to do that to somebody, man? It's the easiest question in the world. The poor guy was sweating. He'd written, written a book about it. and you got that, was a about great, it.
1: that was a great moment because he was like, oh, I know that. I, I wrote about it. Team battle. Final question. Oh, no. No, <laughs> maybe it's not. He's was Chris Tarrant, this guy. <laughs> 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 okay, so you have you'll have a similar challenge to Andrew's, but it's more of a, a general, generic Sega challenge with music and questions. So just like Andrew, this uh, you you can get up to twenty points. Okay, out of this challenge, your goal is to get at least ten. And that will depend on your answers and the choices that you make. Because some of these questions are hard, some are easy. You have to choose between an easy or hard question. An easy one gets you one point, a hard one gets you two points. So choose wisely, okay? (laughs) Do you want to play this against each other or co-op oh and
2: i'm not going against dan man he'll destroy me it's what he wants dan. he wants us against each other <laughs> that's his, his plan the whole time <laughs> yeah
0: he's already said that the sega Bite guys have been no more at the end of this it's just,
1: it's just end
2: game right, would you fancy do you want co-op or do you want to go yeah, head just, to head
0: let's go co-op there we go see
1: wise decision wise decision so james and dan are you ready for the sega lounge challenge
0: as ready as I can be. How about yep. you? uh,
1: no, we'll you're not. Let's, let's go. <laughs> okay, that's that's the spirit. That's the spirit. <laughs> so, first of all, number one question Sega question Would you like to go with an easy question for one point or a hard question for two points? I
2: think, see, we'll follow, <laughs> I think we should follow Andrew's approach and see just what the hell he's got mm-hmm. in store for us.
0: Sure, yeah, going in. So hard then, yeah?
1: Yeah, are you sure? So let's let's work. go with the hard one. Yes. Okay. So let's pick one of the hard questions here. What is the name of the SG-1000 game that is notable for being the first title Yuji Naka worked on?
0: Oh, SG-1000.
2: Wow. <laughs> I mean, I started playing at a saddle, mate. So...
0: <laughs>
1: Yuji Naka, famous for the sonic the hedgehog character and game uh his first title sg1000 i think
0: i'm gonna kick myself when you tell and me no myself. googling no, no.
1: <laughs> or 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 binging <laughs> or yahooing come on now who do you think we are <laughs> i was
0: <laughs> i was looking at SG 1000 stuff recently um but uh, i can't for the life of me remember what the games were
1: um anything hey. any kind of guess See, i think
2: i just put a tweet out about the sg 1000 other days well yeah oh man Yuji naka uji naka uji naka
1: it's actually his birthday today birthday. as we're recording this
2: um oh yeah <laughs> <could> you <Google> <laughs> that? i
0: <laughs> know eh? uh, that's the uh that's the sonic the hedgehog 2 debug mode so uh so
1: i need an answer or not right. or maybe I uh, no answer Did
0: you no, that was a uh, master system but i think uh, i can't remember if i don't think flicky i keep thinking flicky but i don't think that was sg 1000 either but oh i'll say flicky they put us out of misery so
1: your answer is flicky yep That is a good answer. Is it correct though? It is not, unfortunately. (laughs) No, no, that is wrong. That is incorrect. (laughs) 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 The correct answer is a girl's garden. Girl's garden is the correct answer. So no points so far, but no worries because now the fun part begins. Number two is guess the game from a song. Actually guess the game and the song, if you can. If you guess the game, you get one point. If you guess the track title or stage where it plays or something, you get another point. So two points max. Got it? Got it. Let's go. I have a 10 second long clip here. Listen carefully. And that's Something
0: it. Sonic like the Hedgehog 2, final boss. Wow.
1: Are you sure? 100%. James, is he correct?
2: He's a Sonic 2 man. This man has completed Sonic <laughs> 2 more than anybody I know yeah. in my life.
1: <laughs> Should I play it again?
2: Just you for can do. Just for <laughs> Dan to
0: enjoy it, aye? Oh, I'll enjoy it, yeah. <laughs>
1: I, I won't if you don't need it. <laughs> no, why not? Just as I'm just trying to be helpful.
0: <laughs> I mean I could listen to the Sonic 2 soundtrack all day, but it's definitely Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the final boss music,
1: def egg zone. Your answer is correct, of course. It's <laughs> so easy. Yes, yes. <laughs> this is where you lower it Two time. points. Two Whoa. points. Don't play don't play me. <laughs> yes, only eight points left. <laughs> Uh, eight points to go. Okay, let's go with question number three, which is a second question again. So, easy or hard, guys? We go easy? Remember, you need ten points. You need eight points. We have ten like mini challenges. So we've had we had two, eight left. So
0: we got two in the bank. Should we go for
2: an easy one? Go for an easy one, mate. Let's let's go.
1: I think that's a correct decision. That's a, a wise decision. okay in Virtual Fighter 3B what does the TB uh, stand for no no, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) okay let's go with this one in the original Shenmue game Nozomi helps her grandmother run what kind of shop
2: it's a flower shop is it not yeah, it's definitely a flower shop. Yep.
1: So your answer is flower shop?
2: Yep, it is indeed.
1: Final answer? Yes. So you're saying Nozomi runs a flower shop in Shenmu.
2: I see. <laughs> I see,
1: <laughs> and that is correct. One point, very good. <laughs> good one, good one. <laughs> okay, not not too bad. Three points so far. Uh, almost there. Let's go with number four, which is another song, another bit of a song. Looking back, hmm, my choices were not. Best ones. Okay, let's let's take a listen. Go on, John. In 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 hindsight, <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Conditioned <laughs>
2: reflex, desert stage, singing, Ali. <laughs>
1: That's two points. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> now that I think about it. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Doing great. Five points so far, which is probably a record <laughs> uh, with this kind of challenge. Uh, so let's let's keep going. Let's go with another question. Easy or hard? Question number five. What's your recommendation? I go for another easy
2: one. Get us to six, hopefully, into
1: yeah. yeah. Another easy one.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, we're going. We're going uh, modern day here with this one in Yakuza Zero. Are you guys familiar with Yakuza Zero?
0: Just started playing it.
1: Okay, maybe that'll be helpful. (laughs) In Yakuza Zero, and remember, this is an easy question. Upon completing a sub story in the challenge. You can obtain a chicken, which you can then, of course, <laughs> assign as a manager in the real estate minigame. <laughs> of course. What's the name of the chicken? <laughs>
2: I've never played Yakuza, so I'm, <laughs> I'm out.
1: So you, 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 there's a, a, a sub-story, and then you get a chicken, and you can use the chicken as a manager <laughs> in your real estate <laughs> business. Because, you know, collecting rent and stuff. Yeah. Oh. Scaring off thugs and that sort of thing.
0: God, I've, <laughs> because why not? I've lost that game, but I've not got that far yet. <laughs> I can't wait to employ this chicken. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, it's, it, it, I need to play
1: it. What's the name of the oh, chicken? The name then? of the
0: chicken? Oh, I... I, I which, you know, I don't know. I've not got that far. Kiryu, Kiryu <laughs> Jr.? I don't
2: know. <laughs> it must be something. It, it, maybe it's something that harks back to a past character. If could, it, be. It could be. Could be.
0: Could um, be. Could be. What do you reckon, then? Uh, uh, Ryo? Akira? Amy? <laughs> 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 uh, Oh,
2: chow chow the chicken <laughs> I don't know honestly it would be a total guess at this point pass yeah chow, chow the so chicken what's, what's, your,
1: what's your answer your final answer chow the chicken let's lock this in chow the chicken is incorrect Shocker. <laughs> the correct answer was nugget nugget Mm-hmm. Oh yes, come on, 20. man!
0: <laughs> the correct <laughs> answer. It's a McDonald's
2: meal for Christ's sake. Oh man!
1: Oh, we could have got that. <laughs> I wanted that one. Good. Okay, so <laughs> yes, I just got that one. Okay, good. Um, five points so far, with still five sub-challenges to go. Let's go with the next one, which is a song. Okay, so let's take a listen to this one. Remember, one point for the game, one point for the track, or where it plays in the game. Let's take a listen. Hey you! <laughs>
2: See, Dan and I sing a lot. I believe, is that Gum's training um, in jet set radio?
1: So, you think this is a jet set radio track? It's
2: definitely a jet set radio track. I'm convinced that's never Gum, your training. Gum gives you your. Yeah, it's
1: 100%. Yeah,
2: she it's gives you the. the kind of,
0: yeah, so the. Kind of... Why?
2: Cause she goes, "Hey you!" and then does a wee dance where she sways her shoulders in front of you, <laughs> do 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 do, and then she, she grinds along the wee the wee rail and jumps on top of the car, and you need to repeat her tricks. And then she joins your
1: gang. So your answer is Jess's Radio Gums theme. Yeah, it's
2: Gums training, stage. training I'm theme. Sure a wee, or, or Gums challenge to to join your gang.
0: Does it ever? Does it? Does it ever? Is there a full version of it that has a name? I'm trying to think. I can't remember if it played anywhere else in the game.
1: The name of the the, the, track, name of the track of, the, track, of yeah. the song. Yeah. Wanna hear it again? Yeah, go on. Maybe it'll help.
2: Something girl. It's definitely Gums audition Yeah. audition in you.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely AJ, you're right. We'll go, with that. we'll go with
1: that. Final answer. Yeah. Are you sure?
0: Yes, class.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Your answer, I will I will accept it and give you two points. Um, so if, if if you hear the, the vocals or maybe try to figure them out, she's a magical girl. Magical girl. Wow. Is the name of the track by Guitar Vader? Guitar Vader, but it's actually, it plays in that part of the game and in other parts as well. But I will accept that and give you two points. Well done. Yes. Thank you. Seven points so far, which is amazing. (laughs) Amazing. You only need three points to complete this challenge. Let's go with question number eight. No, seven. Wait, seven. (laughs) Uh, Easy or hard?
0: (laughs) What'd you think, Dan? As soon as, we, as soon as we didn't get Chicken Nugget, maybe we should stick with Easy. Yeah, I
2: have. think we'll get Chicken Nugget. Oh, my
1: God. <laughs> chicken Nugget. <laughs> okay. What is the name of the secret game built into some models of the Master System that you could access by pressing 1-2-up when the Sega logo appears? Alex Kidd.
0: Snail Maze. Ooh. What's that? Yeah.
1: Alex Kidd Snail Maze. Alex Kidd in Snail ma- Maze.
0: <laughs> Alex Kidd in Snail Maze World. No, so it's, it's it's definitely Snail Maze. It's a mashup. That was the uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a mashup. <laughs> it goes a <laughs> giant fish.
1: You have Alex Kidd in Shinobi World. Now Alex Kidd in Snail Maze.
0: See that that's something that we should build a Kickstarter for. There you go. That would get funded in record
1: time. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> So what, what what's the answer? I'm confused now. I'll, I'll, uh, I think we'll, yeah.
2: we'll go with Dan's because I've only ever heard of Alex's kids, but obviously um, I've not owned the Master System. Dan has, so we will bow to his superior knowledge.
0: Yeah. So it's, uh, it's definitely if, it, if we're talking about the hidden the hidden built in game on the original Master System, then it's definitely Snail Maze.
1: Snail Maze is it? Is a nice guess. I have to say. However, however, nothing, it's the correct answer, well done, one point, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. So Alex, it was built into some models, but it was not a secret game, this one you had to unlock by pressing one, two up, and it would give you Snail Maze, eight points, (gasps) so close, this is a record, I have to say, (laughs) at this point, at this point this is an amazing performance. So it's time for the final, the final song. But of course, if it's the final song, we need to enter hard mode. (laughs) (laughs) Still one point for the game, one point for the track, but the catch here is the song is in reverse. Mm -hmm. Can you guess it? Let's take a listen.
0: It's fantasy zone. Can you play it again?
1: Should I play it again? Yeah. Let's take a listen
0: do 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 do
1: James, do you do agree?
2: I'll, I'll agree with this man <laughs> it, did it, did it, did it, did it, it, did it, did it, a shot. <laughs> it was so certain. So lock, yeah. lock that in
0: me. Yeah, I knew the, I knew the game. I didn't get the, the shop theme into a second time around. I'm Pretty certain it's the shop theme from Fantasy Zone.
1: The correct answer is this. Which means it's correct, well done, it's the shop theme from Fantasy Zone, and actually several other Sega games as well, but but this is the, the original one, and this is from Fantasy Zone. So, two points, amazing. That means, does that mean you get 10 points already? Oh, wow, that's the first, I think. Well done, guys, well done, But but let's see how far you can go. We have two more questions. So number nine, say question, easy or hard?
0: So if we've made it already. Should we go for a hard one? Well, let's try a hard one.
1: Good choice. Good choice. Mm. What is the name of the alien race? Who are the main antagonists in the Mega Drive Echo the Dolphin games? The
0: Vortex. Pretty sure it's the Vortex, yeah, because it's the Vortex Queen that you fight at the end, so it's it's definitely
1: the Vortex. Don't you fight the machine? You, you, at the end. you, uh, you uh, He's doing it again.
0: <laughs> you go through the welcome to the machine level, which is obviously named after the Pink Floyd song. But if you fight the Vortex Queen at the very end of it,
1: that's an interesting theory. What do you think, James?
2: The only Echo i've played is the one on the Dreamcast, mate. So again, if if that's what Dan's going with. We've, we've got to the 10, so we're, we're playing for bonus points now, so I'll, I'll happily go with what Dan says.
1: That is correct, of course. <laughs> the Vortex is the correct answer. <laughs> Interestingly enough, the, the Dreamcast game shares little with the Mega Drive <laughs> ones, so so yeah, no, no Vortex there. Okay, that leads us to our final question, which is A hard question, no matter what you want to do, it's always a hard question for two points. So this is for honor right now. (laughs) You already have 12 points. You can get to 14. I don't think anyone, since I started doing this particular challenge a few episodes ago, I don't think anyone got 14 points. So for for honor, for the record, (laughs) (laughs) James and Dan, what is the name? Of the Japanese exclusive Dreamcast game developed by Wavemaster and published by Sega, in which you play as a god trying to influence the life of a schoolboy. Japanese exclusive Dreamcast game. You try to influence the life of a schoolboy.
0: Dreamcast, okay. I'm trying to think of. Japanese exclusives. Published by Sega.
1: Developed by Wavemaster.
2: Master. I think we'd have made it.
1: There is a, a radio in the game with, uh, that played music from different Sega titles. Different thing. Called Radio DC. Radio, oh, come
0: on! Oh, I, I, I have an clue James. An issue, You remember something?
1: The
2: Radio DC thing, James, annoying
1: me. Jim knows it. James knows it. He knows it.
2: No, <laughs> no. Nah. Nah. Mine's going completely. The 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 Radio <laughs> DC thing. That's annoying me. Oh. <laughs> the influence of a schoolboy. Oh, no, my God. Uh... You,
1: you you don't do much when it comes to, to, you know, doing things yourself. You just try to influence what the boy does. So, nothing? Yeah. There, no clue? The radio, do you see things
2: no. triggering... <laughs> There's something swirling in my head here, trying to figure it out. No, it's nothing there. Nope. Sorry. Okay.
1: Okay. So the correct answer would be Rumania number two o three. Ah. Rumania number two o three. Yes. Um. And so, uh, Radio DC. There are some some albums that Sega released, and you would have, like for example, versions of um. The station square uh, theme from Sonic Adventure that sounded like this <laughs> 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 C'est with like French speaking people. Is <laughs> 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 so, there like
2: something on Channel 5 after
0: Threshold? <laughs> <laughs> So someone's coming in to fix the tumble dryer. It, 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 it gets... This, get,
1: it, it, this gets worse. It gets worse. So uh, I highly uh, recommend this. Get your fridge. Okay.
2: The Sonic Adventure. Me, Maxis. <laughs> I'm going to fish your fridge, mademoiselle.
0: It's like I could have cashed in on that.
1: And with that... <laughs> 12 points, well done guys, amazing, right. amazing performance here, uh, even though we didn't get the, la- the last question, but it's hard, so so yeah, uh, good job, good job, you get the official SEGA Lounge seal of approval, yes. which I will send to you, <laughs> I will send you uh after this is over. Thank you very much. But, and since you've been such good sports, uh, putting up with my challenge, um, how can people find your podcasts? If it's still something that exists after uh, this uh, after, recording, I don't, I don't know. Think you, I think, after this challenge that, you I, I know, created so many barriers in your relationship we, we now.
2: might just be the best tag team since the Legion of Doom, mate.
0: <laughs> 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 Honestly.
2: Tagged in and out there majestically, you get those questions. <laughs> I mean, the, the minute I heard Condition Reflex, I was like, oh, oh, there we go. I could, have, I could have got an extra point. I could have told you what corner I'm usually at whenever that bit of the music kicks in. But that's how bad it is. But I, um, anyone wants to listen to you can find us on Twitter. Um, my personal Twitter is at the Sagaholic. um Dan's is at Swooper underscore D. Um, and the actual podcast account is at SegaGuys. Um, we're on pretty much every major Platform, you've got your Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We've applied to go on Amazon Podcasts. Um, our main kind of host site is Podbean.com, so you can find us on there um or just go on your your phone, Android or iOS, and, and search for us on your respective podcast app, um, and you'll you'll find us on there. Um, I mean, we do do a lot of kind of interactive stuff with the community um, as well. Um, for the, the Saturn episode we did 25th anniversary and for the Mega Drive one, um, we kind of got audio clips from various members of the community who follow and listen to us and we kinda we like to do that, we like to kind of involve them and give them a little kind of platform to share their memories and it's nice to see kind of repeat people coming on to them um, we're doing a show um, next month for the Dreamcast's um, 21st UK anniversary on 14th of October um, what we're doing on that is we are going to relive the launch. So we are setting our um, contributors the challenge. They have saved up hard, three hundred pounds for the launch day. Um, obviously, two hundred pounds of that goes on the system. So what what games and peripheral combination are you taking home? hundred quid and a penny doesn't sound like much. So. Um, <laughs> it's kind of to make people make tough choices. Do you go for a pad? Do you go for a VMU? Do you get two games in a VMU, one game in a pad? You know, try to kind of make people think like Dreamcast Fantasy Football um, is the kind of <laughs> way I pitched it. So um, we do like to kind of get a lot of community involvement in there. Um, so if you are interested in two grumpy old Sega bastards trying to reignite your passion in all things Sega, then by all means check us out at, at those accounts and on those sites.
1: Excellent. That's a great pitch. I'm I'm interested. So I'm I'm gonna <laughs> listen to it. <laughs> Definitely. You <laughs>
0: have to tell us what you okay. spend your uh, your Dreamcast budget on. Alex, uh, sorry. You you have you have what? to tell us what you'd spend your Dreamcast budget on your your three hundred.
1: Okay. I will. I will. I will. I will. I will think about it. I'll probably. I I have a, a very interesting relationship with the Dreamcast, as I've told countless times on this show. Because it was the first console that I um, bought with my own money. So, I have a very special... It has a very special place in my heart. So, Sonic Adventure will have to be there, that's for 40
2: sure. Quid down. Boom. There you go.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll have to think about the rest. And we'll let you know. Nothing but launch titles, though, right? Yeah, that's
2: right, right yeah. are reliving the launch. Okay. Um, so, basically... It's, I'll, it's I'll think about it. launch titles.
1: Because I, I had to... I had to save for my Dreamcast, so I didn't get it at launch. I got it a few months later, like six months, maybe. Um, but I bought Sonic Adventure almost at launch, which was a really, really bad decision because I had it on my desk for six months, torture. taunting me, <laughs> well, torturing me every single day. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I, when I, when I finally got the, the console, yeah, that was Very very special moment. So wait, you you have to have money for for the the VMU as well. That's right, yeah. So that's another. You've got to basically
2: to try and fit that fit that in there. Uh, Yeah.
1: So console VMU perhaps and games or other peripherals. At least one game.
0: We had one good answer so, okay. that said uh, uh, they'd get an extra pad and a pizza for multi- for a good night multiplayer, which I thought was... That uh, was, was brilliant. That was Scott, wasn't it? Yeah, it was.
2: <laughs> uh, but, uh, see, before we kind of with our pops, we're talking about Dreamcast, right? I'll give you a funny story about me personally with Dreamcast that you can maybe, um, your listeners can be amused at. And I think Dan might know where I'm going with this because it involves Sega Rally too. Yeah. Okay. So, because I'd had my Dreamcast for quite a while before it came out in the UK, um, Sega Rally Two was, you know, one of my favourite games. I had the Japanese version, so had become quite, you know, quite good at it, and was quite proud of how good I was at it. Uh, and there's a high street uh, chain store in the UK called HMV, um, and basically sells like games and records and things like that, uh, CDs, DVDs, stuff like that. And um, they were hosting a nationwide Dreamcast challenge about a month before the system came out in the UK. So you basically went in, you signed up, and they had the, the those beautiful blue and white Dreamcast demo pods that we've all seen people kind of buying and, on, mm-hmm. on eBay and things like that. Brilliant, brilliant looking things. Um and the game was Sega Rally Two, fastest lap. So it was like regional heats, where basically you would, you know, the fastest people from each store would then go on and meet in a big grand final and have a playoff and whatnot. So <laughs> I, I still into to the shop, right? oh my god, I was like nineteen twenty at the time, so cocky, right? Swagger's in with my best mate Sam, and uh, he's like, I ah, go sign up, sign up." So he me swagger's up, and there was a, a cable gaming TV channel and. I can't remember, it was like Gamer TV or something. It was a, a, a kind of late 90s cable TV games program, and they were filming it. And uh, and if this footage is ever ever appears on YouTube, man, I'm just getting into a, a hole somewhere. Because I get up and I signs up, and the guy's got the clipboard well, <laughs> and takes your name and all that kind of stuff when you get your slot. <laughs> so I swaggers up and I'm going, Yeah, I'm going to boss this, man. I've been playing this game for six months, man. I'm going to absolutely destroy this competition. <laughs> <laughs> There's no sixty health mode on the PAL version of Sega Rally Two, so my timing was out. Uh-huh. So basically, it's seventeen and a half percent slower and my timing on every corner. Right, so I've basically went up and been interviewed on a camera with a microphone. How do you think your chances are? Bloody boss this, mate! I've had this game for six months. I'm, I'm a I'm a whiz at this. Um, and <laughs> the footage if it ever comes out, all you see is my co-driver. Whoa! Oh! Boom <laughs> It's like I must have hit every corner, mate. I've hit every single corner. I've had probably the worst lap time on the day. You've never seen somebody leave a shot with his tail between his legs. So I think I think <laughs> I, I think that was the day that I, I learned humility because um I, I walked in there so cocky and I walked out absolutely shamed Um and I've I've never lived it down. Sam still reminds me of it to this day, much to his enjoyment. So um yes. Sega Rally 2 is responsible for quite possibly my biggest gaming embarrassment.
1: <laughs> so that's why video games are important. They teach you lessons. Yeah, like
2: you that. learn humility by yes. not being able to take <laughs> exactly. corners properly in a rally car. <laughs> it got a damn 60 hertz <laughs> mode.
1: <laughs> I forgot about the imported Dreamcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, There you go.
1: Life Uh, Lessons. Oh, my God. Okay. Life Lessons. Hashtag hashtag Sega Life Lessons. (laughs) Uh, uh, Right here on the Sega Lounge. So, guys, I have one more question for you, which is the last one. I always ask this to my guests. You're familiar with the concept of blast processing, right? Yep. That uh, the genesis supposedly had in the U.S., According to marketing gurus, there. Okay. Uh, so, if you could add blast processing to anything in the world, what would it be and why?
2: When you go, Dan, I've I've talked for long enough, mate. You can you can go first. <laughs> you can, I've got an idea what I want to say, but you're, you might have the same as me. So, I'll let you go first, just in case.
0: <laughs> oh, so adding blast processing to anything, uh, I would say. That whilst processing to oh, God, this is, this is a tough question. Um I'll just go.
1: It obviously can make whatever you want more powerful, so uh,
0: let's go with let's go with the uh with 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 the Sega Saturn. <laughs> let's, let's make the Sega Saturn <laughs> more powerful. Let's uh let's speed it up a bit. Give it a bit more of that, that Sega Mega Drive magic.
1: Like a an extra processor wheel with bless processor. Yeah. Okay, excellent. <laughs> what about you, James? I would
2: give blast processing to Sega themselves to reignite them <laughs> and send them flying into their fight against Xbox, PlayStation, and reignite it with Nintendo. Give them unlimited budget. Let them unleash that crazy, manic, zany... You know, influence that they've got, and let them get back to their creative best. Give us another Sega console, so blast process the hell out of Sega themselves. Put a core <laughs> right in the heart of Sega HQ and reignite it, and let's go. That's what I'm saying. Sega themselves.
1: <laughs> they they w- would need that if if they wanted to do that. If they wanted to go head head to head with. With the, the current manufacturers, hardware manufacturers. Can you, can you
2: manufacturers, imagine yeah. a Sega Game Pass? Oh, man, it would be so good. Oh,
1: yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> okay, that those are good answers. Those are good answers. So blast processing everything. That's what we want to do yeah, on this show. We want to blast process everything. Everything. <laughs> okay, guys, so thank you very much for, for coming on the show. it was it's been a blast. Uh, talking to you, learning more about your your podcast and your own histories with with Sega. Uh, please keep up the good work. It's been great listening to to the show. And for everyone listening, don't forget to check the show notes for links uh, for for this uh, for the podcast for the Twitter account and whatnot. So definitely, and hopefully, you can come back soon to talk about other Sega stuff. I would love to. We we'll, we need to arrange that. Love, love yeah. to. And maybe another another challenge. Maybe a, a little bit harder this okay. time. <laughs> a
0: real challenge. Oh, I oh, <laughs> a real oh, challenge. Oh. oh, the gloves are off. Those are
1: yeah. those are fighting yeah, words. <laughs> I'll learn nothing from the Sega Rally <laughs> No more Sonic 2 or Sega Rally for you guys. Never again. <laughs> That's it for this week's show, everyone. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, check the links in the description for info on the amazing The Sega Guys Retro Pod. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to The Sega Lounge on your favorite podcast service. Stay tuned, as future episodes of the show will feature yet another podcast, a Mega Drive game, and much more. And, since it's a regular thing I've been doing for a few weeks now, check out my personal Twitch channel at twitch.tv//kc-radioman. I plan to not only stream a variety of games, but also to have somewhat regular lounge follow-up streams with the occasional special guest and some surprises. If that's something that tickles your fancy, head on over to twitch.tv//kc-radioman and follow the channel. Again. A big thank you to all you lovely listeners out there. And that reminds me, we should do another rundown of countries where people are listening to the podcast. Maybe next time. For now, stay safe, have fun, and I'll see you all in the next episode. Bye bye The Sega Lounge. Hosted by me, KC, and part of Radio Sega's network of live shows and podcasts. Theme song and incidental music by OSC. Find them at opensciencecollective.bandcamp.com. Got any suggestions? Drop me an email to podcast at Follow us on Twitter at Segalounge and like us at facebook.com slash You can find previous episodes of the show by going to Segalounge.com and wherever fine podcasts are downloaded.